coming up on this week's episode of RSVP. More, more, more. Give me more. <laughs> I'm like Britney Spears. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I've actually got goosebumps. Nobody told me there was alligators outside of my room. The hotel room door swung open and standing there, drunk, was Dagger Eyes. Me and my sister turned up and everybody thought we were prostitutes. It's time for a little RSVP, the show full of rants and stories, visions and pains and so much more with special guests and fun galore. Hotels, destinations, nightmares and dreams, confessions and everything in between. So sit back, relax, pour a wine or whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for RSVP. Hello and welcome to another episode of RSVP. I'm Callum Dilietto and this is the podcast that's a light and jovial escape for anybody in the events and travel industry. That being said, I wanted to address the Black Lives Matter movement that has been fiercely reignited in the last few weeks. To be completely transparent and to let you behind the curtain, as it were, this podcast was actually recorded before the shocking news of George Floyd's untimely death. But, as you will hear later on the show, the issues of diversity and racism within events and travel are still addressed. And while we may tackle these topics in a more light-hearted way, it doesn't mean that these issues should be ignored. And I urge anyone listening to this to be conscious of their own impact and how it can make a difference. From creating more diverse and inclusive events to to reassessing your hiring processes and the culture within your organisations we all can and should be doing more to promote equality. But, above all, please continue the conversation. Whether it's deep and uncomfortable discussions, or even lighter observations, as long as we continue to be conscious and learn, then there can be progress. Our guest this week shares a hilarious story of one of her experiences travelling as a black woman when she was younger. A story that me, as a white male... I could never relate to. But even amongst the laughs, it's enlightening to hear and something worth reflecting on. So please sit back and enjoy this week's episode of RSVP. I'm here with Kate Scully, the Global Travel Manager for G4S. And I would actually say you're quite possibly one of the first people I met in the industry when I joined. Ooh, even though we dispute where we met because I have no recollection <laughs> of the first time. Yeah, the first time we met you were, were slightly uh, inebriated, shall we say, uh, at an industry event. Um, and then we, soon after, we ended up being on the same fam trip to Utah uh, and Las Vegas, which turned out to be really good. Oh, but no, there's one in between that. Because we actually, the first time I remember meeting you was on a cruise ship in Southampton. Yes, yes. The, the ship didn't go anywhere. No. But we had a look around the ship and then we headed off to the CNIT Awards. We did. Yeah, which was good. Yeah, no, so we've, we've, had, we've got many, many, many shared experiences and... Uh, I can honestly say I've I think over the years I've I've heard some some great stories from you anyway uh, but 
when it comes to uh, guests for this podcast, you were one of the first that came to the mind because I figured you would provide some great entertainment for the listeners. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of that. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. Sort of. Sort of. Kind of. So the first stage uh, of RSVP is rants. And uh, let's be honest, when it comes to a rant, that is your strength. It is. So what is it for you, uh, if you could get on your soapbox and just, you know, hone it down to just one particular bugbear, a gripe, uh, that's sort of getting on your nerves at the moment around the industry, what would it be? I don't know, bugbear, I suppose. For me, I mean, I like, you know me, I like ideas and I like change and I hate, I just think that, that this industry, it tends to it tends to get stuck, it tends to stagnate from time to time and I think that we're in one of these periods where you keep hearing the same buzzwords but they don't really mean anything, they're just repackaged. I don't think there is anything right now. I'd like to see something really creative but hopefully, actually out of quarantine, we are going to see something really creative. I really do think this is a real opportunity while everybody's been sat there not doing anything to really, you know, your, your brain starts thinking, you start thinking of ways you can deploy things in different ways and, and how you can work in, in you know, how we're going to work now under quarantine, how we're going to work socially distancing. So I think we possibly, but for me, I suppose my main, my main rants are always more diversity, more change. I always want more, 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 more. Give me more. <laughs> I'm like Britney Spears. <laughs> I like that. Britney Spears, and she's complaining about the toxic uh, lack of creativity. (laughs) (laughs) The toxic stagnation within the industry. (laughs) Do you know what? And it's true, because I guess with diversity comes uh, new ideas, doesn't it? And, you know, everyone has been in the hamster wheel for so many years now, like, you know, just running, running and running, that they have not necessarily had that time off to think. And hopefully you know, this has given people the opportunity to kind of get their creative juices flowing a bit. So the next section, the S in RSVP, is is your chance to tell us some stories uh, and share your experiences. I'm quite excited to hear these because I know that you've been in the industry quite a while. You've, you've moved around uh, a few companies um, and, you know, you've done events all over the world. So we'll break it down. The first would be a story about a particular destination. And this could be in your personal life, it could be in your professional life, uh, it could be your your ultimate luxury experience, or it could just be something that you just really enjoyed. Or you know what, it could even be something you didn't enjoy. But let's start with destination. What have I been blown away from on arrival? Probably, um, I mean, there's been a few, but but I think I went to Mayacoba, to the Fairmont in Mayacoba in, in Mexico. That is breathtaking. You know, when you walk in, it's, you know, it's it's little bungalows deep in the in the jungle type forestry. There's animals, there's little boats. There's, it's just amazing. And you walk through all this sort of like greenery into this amazing like blue picture perfect coastline. I mean, that was, that's fantastic. It's amazing. I still remember that trip. Um, I shared it with one of our very good friends, Joe, Joe O'Connell. So yeah, that was also great. That's where I met him, which also added to the experience. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that is a, that is a real, 
you know, I dream of that place from time to time. It comes into my thoughts, it pops into my brain still. And that's when you know it's really left a, a left an impression. So I think that's probably my most breathtaking uh, uh, place to, to walk into. And so were that you said there was animals. Is this on the grounds of the hotel? Yeah, so literally, I was like, we were staying in the little huts. Um, so they're all little individual like bungalows. They're either two story or one story, depending on the on the on the size and and where you are in the hotel. But uh, yeah, so I walked out the first night. Well, you walk in and there's all kinds of wildlife anywhere. You can hear it. You can see it running around. But the best one is like walking out. Um, you know, I smoke. I am a smoker. So I, I walked out on my balcony to have my, you know, before bed cigarette. And I was just le- leaning over and like literally an alligator like just popped out. <laughs> And I screamed. So probably woke up the whole place because I think we arrived quite late. But um, yeah, yeah, so that was probably, yeah, it was amazing. Nobody told me there was alligators outside of my room. And actually they used to come up onto the side. So later on in the, in the trip, you'd come out in the morning and there'd be just be one just catching a few rays. I'm not going to lie. That is quite possibly the scariest experience. If I just got off a flight, um, I don't smoke, but just gone out for a cigarette just to kind of get some downtime and chill out before bed and was greeted by an alligator, I would be petrified. I wasn't petrified. I mean, I was, I was shocked. I wasn't, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I, I always think, right, well, if the alligators are there, they must be safe. I'm one of those dumb people who just trusts, like, well, if they're here in the hotel, like, surely people aren't getting bitten and eaten. So, you know, I was just like, it's got to be all right, right? To be honest, we've actually gone, we've, we've kind of skipped one because we've, we've focused really more on a hotel experience there, which I loved. And that is a great one. So uh, let's now go to destination. So forget about where you stayed, but just the, the destination itself, the, the country or the city um, and like a particularly memorable experience you've had of, of that. I think probably, I mean, in that way, Jordan, I was blown away. I did, uh, I was lucky enough uh, to do sort of like a, a quite a long fam trip in, in Jordan when we were looking for something when I used to work in the oil and gas industry. Um, so I used, so we went to Jordan and uh, so we started off in Oman and we travelled into, we went to Wadi Rum, we went to Petra, which again is just that just blows your mind um, uh, into the Dead Sea, into the Red Sea. So we did all this in sort of four or five days. And I was just blown away. I was blown away by the people. I was blown away by the hospitality, the country itself. I mean, going into the desert and just, it's just weird. Like if you, have you been to the Red Sea? I haven't. And I'll be honest, like Petra um, and Jordan are very high up on my bucket list. Yeah. So yeah, Petra is amazing. But we were staying at the Kempinski at the at the Dead Sea, which again is an amazing hotel. That's another breathtaking place. But we were, we were looking across, obviously you look straight across and I'm saying, so what are those lights and it's just weird because they go oh that's Bethlehem Nazareth you know it's just really it's just really it just connects you to actually these places are real I'm not a deeply religious person but obviously I grew up with bible stories as we all did and and I went to church etc you can understand sort of the majesty of the place you know when you go to sleep uh, in the desert in Wadi Rum and you wake up in the star canopy and you can imagine how 
how people used to to feel that like in a religious you know you do feel it like a religious experience you know it get it it goes into you it's deep in your soul when you walk down and you you come into Petra and you that amazing well everybody's seen it on Indiana Jones right but you know like it's it's to see that amazing that's what you walk into and it's just incredible incredible so yeah as as a destination it just yeah it it blew my mind and again I I often you know it often's in my thoughts I often go back to it so yeah it's it's amazing I'm not even exaggerating. I've actually got goosebumps. Um, and it's, it's so weird because I, 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 the only kind of near experience I can kind of replicate with that is I, when I went to Jerusalem and I felt a very similar, you know, sense of such history and su- like, like an- ancient history, you know, like, um, and I think when you go to places where there is that much history, um, regardless of your religious beliefs, like you can feel it and you can sense it. And it is, it is, it's it's spiritual so the final the final kind of story or experience or or memory for you uh that i'd like to hear about is is a food experience and this could be michelin star you know top of the range stuff or it could literally be just a tiny little boutique uh down a side road somewhere that you kind of came across but What's a particularly memorable food experience that you've had? Oh, I mean, fancy-wise, it has to be uh, Nobu in Monte Carlo. I mean, that just the sushi, the sashimi there, just just amazing. Like you know, literally, like, you, you know, you just stop. There's just silence. Everybody puts their food in their mouth and just shuts up. There is no chat. You're just like. Mm. <laughs> it's like you almost like you like you savor it i'm just like i don't want to i don't want to swallow i'm just going to keep it here i'm just going to hold it in my mouth you're like a hamster I'm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna like last this one out so yeah probably yeah in in fancy ways it's it's got to be uh yeah that's some of the most incredible food i've ever tasted the the black cod the salmon sashimi like the two ones that stand out but i think for actual food just being like i i think i went on to Italy with my sister. We actually had an awful trip. It was a really awful trip. <laughs> but we we went to um uh you know just a I think it was just a cafe in like a in like a railway station or something. But you know like Italian just Italian cooking. Well obviously you're Italian. So um and just we had vongoli, you know, clam pasta, but in a in basically a railway cafe. But you know, you just put it in your, again, you put it in your mouth and it's just like, oh my God. Like you can't even imagine ever getting something like that in the UK at a like a railway. It's just it's just impossible to think about it. You know, you would never get anything that good. And this is just serving people getting on and off trains. But the food was just heaven. It was amazing. So I think personally, that was probably one of my one of my best experiences. Yeah, on a, on a holiday. I love that the indication for you for good food is and and I completely agree is when everyone shuts up. You know, they put that food in their mouth and they're like, Do you know what? I don't need any distractions right now. I need to be a hundred percent in the moment, and my taste buds need to be fully engaged. I have to ask though, why was Italy such a bad trip? Well, no, it wasn't Italy. It wasn't such a bad trip. I went to Sardinia with my sister, which was just, yeah, it was pretty. I think, you know, going back, like, I, I remember saying to my sister at one point on the trip going, if I could have gone into Hackney, held like 300 quid above my head at, like, and just got coshed over the head for it, it would have been over quicker. <laughs> <laughs> So we got on the we got on the flight, we got there and we decided to go to Sassari. because I was like looking right, I'm in Sardinia, out of season, it's very seasonable. I'll go to where this is like seems to be the 
the town it's going to have it's got a university there'll be young people there'll be stuff to do let's go there so we booked this little crappy apartment in the center of Sassari me and my sister and we got there and uh I don't know if you'll be surprised Kellen to find that you know some some part can be a little a little bit racist just smidgen tiny little bit racist just a little bit racist so um we me and my sister turned up and everybody thought we were prostitutes basically so uh we spent like four days in a town so we'd go to the restaurant and they'd they'd literally turn everybody like the whole i'm not even exaggerating the whole restaurant would turn around and look at us as if to say why are these prostitutes coming here to eat and then they'd put us in the corner the corner of the restaurant, literally people walk up. We were in a cafe one, one of the days having like coffee in the afternoon and a group of women walked up to us and like just stood over us to listen to why we were speaking English. And they were looking at us like, why are these fancy prostitutes speaking English thinking they're all fancy? You know, it was just, it was mad. Like cat calling on the street. It was mental, you know, and considering it was out of season, right? So I was wearing like a full trench coat and like like army boots my sister was wearing a bubble hat and a scarf and a puffer jacket you know you know like not not really what you know not what your average hooker wears you know <laughs> if you're unless you're into like woolen converse and woolen bobbin hats you might be everybody every teapot has a lid to be fair i mean the the, the trench coat thing that that i could see why people maybe they thought you know uh, yeah i think it was worn in a very unsexy way no <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the trench coat and heels it was like a dirty old trench coat with like boots so the the next part of the podcast is an opportunity for you to Paint a picture uh, with a blank canvas of your ideal event. And this can be anywhere. It can have any speaker. It can have any form of entertainment. No cost or realism needs to limit you, basically. So what, what would your dream event look like? So, you know, to go back to my, to my first rant, I would have an industry event led, panelled, content, fully by women attended fully by men so because this that's one of the things that really annoys me about all of these all of those type events not that I don't want them I really do want them I want more of them but uh they've never got any there's like you can count the men in the room so I feel like we're not talking we're never they're never really hearing what we're saying and yes obviously women need support and they need to be around each other I'm not I'm not denying that um and and that all that's always helpful it's always encouraging but I would love, I would love to have a fully curated event, run, curated content, speakers, powerful women, but attended by men. So something like a wow women. Have you ever been, have you ever been to any of those events down at the South Bank? No, but I've heard of them. Yeah. Well, uh, somebody's going to take you when it comes back. <laughs> you've just signed up so so yeah so they have like women of wonder and they have so they have speakers like you know michelle obama and um uh, uh and uh june tarpong she gets involved you get you get all kinds all kinds angela davis she's been one of the keynotes before um all kinds of women talking about all kinds of topics and how and how women deal with it and the different effects and different aspects um and talking about men talking about things that affect everybody the environment fashion rubbish economy all kinds of stuff but you know you think about all and you know and this is the thing you think about all the events that women have to turn up to which are fully curated by men and paneled by men and and uh 
And I think it would be really refreshing. That is my dream event, to walk into something, to walk or at least see 50-50. You know, maybe I'm being too ambitious. At least see 50-50. At least to walk into one of those events and actually see a lot of women turning up to hear this, but actually seeing a lot of men turning up to hear this. To have a room full of men listening to powerful, smart, intelligent women taking on board their ideas you know looking to uh to bring them into their organizations to promote them up to their leadership and management that's you know that's my dream Callum (laughs) it's always my dream I I really like that though I love the idea of having an audience where you know it I, I think almost it is exclusively men and um you know because I think it it would it would create such a a an unusual dynamic um obviously you talked about having like the most powerful inspirational women up on stage but for you who would be like and and this could be someone alive or dead as well like who would be your kind of your keynote that you would love to have speak at that event oh who would i love to have you know i love myself a bit of hillary love myself a bit of michelle uh i'd have all my girls you could have a lineup it doesn't have to necessarily be one person you could have a panel if you wanted who would i have in there you know i'd have marie curie you know i think i'd have a mix of the modern so i'd have your you know i'd have your modern i'd have beyonce i'd I'd, i have to have beyonce how could i not have beyonce i was waiting for that yeah exactly how could kate scully not you know i'm a beyonce addict so um yeah i could not not have beyonce so so I'd have Beyonce, I'd have Madame Curie, I'd have Angela Davis for sure. Uh, she's a constant inspiration to me. Um, I'm trying to think, who else would I? It's really hard. There's so many good women that that um, the, you know. I'd probably have actually one of my mentors, um, which is my good friend Judy Cagle. She's one of the people who helped me realise. Uh, she she worked uh, for Petrofac when I first started at Petrofac, and she was a, a a single mother who had raised kids and become you know head of tax of a foot what was then a FTSE top 50 uh and I just found a you know I was she's one of the person where I saw and I was like I'm gonna make you my friends I'm gonna make sure I make you my friends and I have made her my friend and kept her my friend and she's been a fantastic friend to me for but she's one woman who I just saw and thought well I've got I've just got to find out how to be friends with her so uh, yeah she'd be up there um oh my god I can't believe I missed out Frida how could I not ever do a party with Frida Kahlo Frida number one She'd be on my list, definitely. I would just have an all-star, like an all-star women cast at, at, at an event speaking to men and having them sit and listen and hear us and uh, and not think it's not it's not for them because I think that's what they think. They think all these women's programmes and events, it's not for them. I hear it all the time. Well, that's not really aimed at us. Well, that's not really... It is! Do you know what I mean? It absolutely is aimed at you because how do you get change if you don't listen? You know what I mean? If you're sitting outside of it, you know, and we're just talking to each other, we're not going to get the change that we want and not at this definitely not at the pace that we need so um yeah that would be that's Kate Scully's dream event yeah no I love it I think that's that's great and I think you're completely right you can't initiate change you know the the problem is maybe there's not enough uh you know female talent in senior positions so you can't influence that without getting the people in those senior positions uh to listen so it, it makes perfect sense and I think what an amazing event that would be you know that that that's that's really good I again I think I've got goosebumps again Ooh twice <laughs> yeah i know twice let's see if we can make it a hat trick
the next stage of this podcast is where I read some anonymous confessions that are submitted to CNIT. This is when I'm going to get goosebumps, right? This is where you're going to get the goosebumps. Um, so uh, obviously all you have to do is you write in to cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. I promise you, your name will not be revealed. Uh, so please do reveal your deepest, darkest secrets. Tell us the things that you wouldn't mention at an industry networking event. Uh, or maybe you would with a with a couple of glasses inside you. Who knows? But this one is a good one. Um, and so I'm keen to read it to you. What I will say is feel free to interrupt and, and uh, you know, put your opinion in as, as we go. Uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting one. So, dear Callum, I was at an industry event. You know what they could be like, boozy affairs. However, I didn't expect this relatively small gathering of individuals, which took place at a well-known five-star hotel in London, to include someone I was once seeing. It shouldn't be a surprise given they also work in the industry and it's quite a tight-knit sector, but I was still blindsided. We hadn't talked for about three months, things had just fizzled out and there was no bad blood. Yet. However, at this event, there was another beau that I had recently started to woo. The two of us sat together at dinner and then again at the bar, all the while my ex, for lack of a better word, was giving us friendly daggers. I love the idea of friendly daggers, by the way. It's like they're trying to sort of hide the daggers for anyone that might, any onlookers, but, but realistically, they're, 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 trying to, they're trying to send a, a negative vibe to you. Yeah. Or is it like a smile? like, mm, having a good time. Yeah, drink it. Hope you choke on that arancini. Yeah, go for it. Have another. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so, later that evening, I ended up in the room of my new friend. It was completely PG, but as we sat on the bed drinking and talking, the hotel room door swung open and standing there, drunk, was Dagger Eyes. Somehow, they had managed to get access to this person's room. I can't... If somebody crashed, first of all, into my, into my room when I was, like, in the night, with... I just... I, I don't... I, even in my heyday, I couldn't get that drunk. I mean, I've done some done stuff, but I couldn't get that drunk. That at a work event, I would want to break into somebody else's room. Plus, you know, even if they thought that they were giving... Like, what was going to happen? Like, if, you, if they broke in, you know, say... Somebody was up to something. What, what would happen? I just don't, like, did you think this through? Like, if you'd walked, you know, you put your key and you go in, if they'd actually been at it, like, what, what, what was your next, what was your next step? Like, I don't know. <laughs> were you still got on the bed? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Is that what you were hoping? I, I honestly, that's, that's the funny, that's, I mean, there's so many questions about this story that I have, but the, yeah, if you had gone into this room, and and actually, you know, your worst suspicions happening. What what is your plan? What's your next move? We questioned them, but they were just shouty and drunk. And after trying to get onto the bed with us, they eventually left. Not long after, it got late and I decided to retire to my own room. However, when I entered, I noticed my toiletries in the bathroom were all akimbo. My bed was a mess and my work phone, headphones and house keys were all missing. It later transpired that my ex also gained access to my room, accompanied by a friend, and took the aforementioned items. I managed to meet up with them the next day to retrieve everything, to which they said they were very drunk and had no idea how it happened. I 
don't even know how to take that. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. But actually then, I don't... And then let's get to the, sec- let's get to the teething of, like, the other stuff. Like, I just... I can't... So, so you got into one room, they're not... He's not doing what she, she, sorry, we don't know. They're not doing what you thought they were doing, right? So already you're like, okay, well, they're not at it, right? So you go into to the other room and you steal the stuff. Why? Is it... I don't know. Like, is it... I don't know. I think, I think the, the other thing that worries me about this, right, is that this is a, a five-star hotel in London and somehow... This person has managed to get access to not only their own room, obviously, but two other rooms in this hotel at what must be, I imagine, the early hours of the morning. Like, how is that possible? I don't know. Night security. They're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, love. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? They're just like, this person's drunk. Get him out of my face. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Maybe you get sacked. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I I really have no idea. That is that is actually quite scary to think that. Yeah. Well, as a conference delegate, you don't want to think that if some man has taken a shine to you, that he can just take your name to the front desk and enter your room. Yeah. It's a bit scary, mind you. You know, if anybody would, you'd only have to ask my son. Don't wake a sleeping Scully. It's not worth it. <laughs> whatever, whatever you thought you were gonna get, you're gonna get double, and you're not gonna like it. So yeah, so you know that would be my advice to anybody hearing this story: never ever wake a sleeping Scully on a plane, on a train, in a car, in her bed. Just don't do it. So that's it for this episode of RSVP, and a big thank you to Kate Scully. Hilarious as always. But don't go anywhere just yet because it's now time for our What Have We Learned wrap-up song for this episode. And I think I need to make this clear. It is not me singing. The jingle at the beginning, it's not me. The wrap-up songs, not me. It is Sam McNeil, the UK General Manager for Song Division, our own in-house one-man band for this talk show. If it was me singing, I assure you, you would have unsubscribed by now. Talking of which, though, please do rate and subscribe and tell everybody you know that you think would be interested in this podcast, because the more of you that get involved, the better. And that's why you need to send your confessions over to us as well, because that's where the true comedic value lies, is these anonymous confessions are just brilliant. All you have to do is email cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. That's cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. But until next episode, play it, Sam. Okay, Callum, here we go. Kate Scully's got a story or four. Yeah, she's been around the world. Yeah, she loves to explore. Longs for diversity. She's an idea creator. And she likes hanging at the Fairmont with a pet alligator. Head to Jordan for the history. Exclusive, stay out of their room.